Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, Kules. Welcome to the Barca Talk Cafe. I'm Garo Quiroga here in Madrid, Spain. Normally, every week, Mariana Guzman joins me, but unfortunately, she wasn't able to join me. So I'm going to be riding solo today. I am back from my own personal international break as I went back to the United States to go visit some family, which was great, much needed. But I'm now back in Madrid, back in the fold, and getting ready for this upcoming month's gauntlet of FC Barcelona football. So I'm really excited to get back into the fold, starting with today's episode in the Barca Talk Cafe. Really quick before we get into the main topics of today's show, just wanted to go over some quick admin, some quick Barca Talk admin. First thing, uh, for our Patreon community, we are switching up the trivia contest. We were doing a trivia contest, a weekly trivia contest, where our patrons were picking four questions, you know, trying to accumulate the best scores throughout time. And the winner was going to get a $50 Amazon gift card. But we have seen that it has been difficult at times for patrons to participate 100%. So we are changing it up to a team situation, almost as a best ball in golf tournament. So we're going to, I'm going to split the patrons into groups. And that group is going to win an Amazon gift card. So if you're interested, if you love trivia consider joining our Patreon community. Last thing, our new monthly newsletter at the beginning of the month will be highlighting Barca Athletic with one of our patrons, Troy Cadet, who's in the know, in the fold, always watching the Barca youth football and giving our What's Up community that flavor of the youth system. So if you're interested in getting a monthly update on the youth system, consider joining. It's really easy. You can go to our website, barzatalk.net. And there you can sign up very easily or on our Twitter page. In today's show, we're going to discuss Busquets' final year, the debacle that is happening with the women's Spanish national team, also another debacle with the international break, and of course we're going to answer questions from our patron community. So after the break, we will talk about Busquets' final year at Barca. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. 
Ships Registry, Bahamas. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So earlier this week, it was announced that Sergio Busquets is going to have his final year here in Barcelona as his career, his spectacular career comes to an end. He will be headed to the MLS and playing with Inter-Miami. I don't know if these European players know the crazy travel that is with MLS because of how big the U.S. is, but it's <laughs> it'll be quite a surprise for him. And it was funny because when I was back in California, I was watching some MLS, and I'm sorry, I, I'm just, I'm a football snob, and it's really difficult for me to watch the MLS. I was watching some of the LA Galaxy. Obviously, I was interested in seeing Ricky Puj, and it is just really difficult. Everything is just paying at such a high velocity. Uh, I just can't get into it. It almost reminds me of a junior Premier League, and you kind of know my feelings on the Premier League. Again, I'm a football snob. I love watching technical ability, and that's why I love Barca. But anyway, let's go back to Busquets. So Busquets, obviously, one of the best defensive midfielders of all time, has had a spectacular career with Barca, has won everything for Barca. And you know my feelings the last two seasons about Busquets just becoming the minutes leader, which I wanted to see him taper down. But again, obviously I'm going to be sad for him to leave because he is an all-time great. He's so smooth. Today, in fact, I saw someone posted a Twitter video of him training with the Spanish national team. And he just makes it look so easy, just the passing that he does. And I think that is one of the things I'll always remember and be fond of Busquets is just how smooth he was in those channels to make the passing look so seamless and especially the connection with Xavi and Iniesta. So, again, he will be missed. He's going to be, you know, if we had a retired jersey or not retired jersey, but if we had like a Hall of Fame names to be retired, he would definitely be on their first ballot, no questions asked. And again, he debuted in 2008, which is crazy because he's just been so consistent and just basically injury-free. Like, I can't remember a span where he missed more than five matches due to injury, which is which is pretty intense considering the position that he plays. And just much respect to Busquets. And again, 15 years at the club, just a company man, been the captain most recently of the team. And it'll be sad to see him go. I mean, it's, it's great that he let the team know now, so it'll be a proper send-off, like Xavi and Iniesta. And... It now allows Barcelona to really plan for his exit. Again, who's going to take that mantle? Is Xavi going to trust Kessier or Frank de Jong to take that position? Or will he go out in the market and try to get a high-priced player like Rodri, for example, which I saw a rumor now that, that Busquets is going to be no longer at Barcelona. 
again, I really hope that Xavi takes this opportunity to give those chances to Kessie and, and Frank DeYoung, especially since we have them on our team and we can save money that way. And I would be more prone to having those two take the Busquets role and see how we go from there. Because, again, our midfield is still talented, especially with Pedri there and whoever's going to cover on the right. So we will see what Barcelona has in store with this proper send-off. I'm sure it's going to be something spectacular at the end of the season, especially with the countdown. So I'm really excited to see him in March when I go to Barcelona with the other Peñas that are visiting, such as Houston and Los Angeles, to see him in his probably, you know, his final game for me at the Camp Nou. Now let's get into a little bit more serious topic that basically happened overnight with the women's Spanish national team. 15 players on the Spanish national team have resigned because, as they claim, of a toxic environment that is happening with coach Jorge Vilda. And it's quite interesting to see the feedback on Twitter, especially from men. There's quite a difference between not liking a coach because you don't get playing time or tactics and a toxic environment. And we need to really take that into consideration. 15 women, yeah, 15 women have claimed that this environment has affected their emotional state because of what the coach has instilled. And more importantly, this coach hasn't won anything. And I cannot understand how the Spanish Federation is standing alongside with this coach. And I know Rubiales and Jorge are good friends, and that's what's happening. But man, 15 of your best players are not going to play in the World Cup. It's, it's insane. So that even lowers the chances of Jorge Vilde even coming close to winning anything. I mean, the Spanish national team did pretty well in the Europe Cup this fall, but fell short. Obviously, not having Puteas definitely helped. But again, this is a major controversy because these are last steps for these women to oust this coach and their voices are still not being heard. Now, I saw a tweet that kind of angered me. It angered me. This idea that it's spearheaded by the women of Femini as they did back in 2021, so it's their fault, and also they're not quote-unquote strong enough or mentally strong enough to withstand these two coaches. And again, toxic environment is the worst type of environment that you can have, you know, especially with these male coaches who are going to gaslight these players. And again, I just don't understand, you know, how many women does it take for you to believe that a situation is real? 20, 25, 30, 50? I mean, come on. You know, we've seen this with the Me Too movement in Hollywood, you know, with all the issues that are going around the world right now, currently this week, you know, like, for example, in Iran, there's this women are being treated and have been treated as second-class citizens and this is just a microcosm of that where rubiales has basically will put sanctions of two to five years if these players do not return to the team 
And these players are taking a chance. They're being very brave because, you know, for them, their emotional health and the toxic environment has been created by this coach. And more importantly, the Federation is not listening to their voices. Again, yes, six of the Femini have led this movement. And I also think it's quite interesting that none of the Real Madrid players resigned. I just find that interesting. But again, we're talking a mix of players from Manchester United, from Real Sociedad, from Atletico Madrid. So it's not just Barcelona. But again, it just really, you know, especially as I was raised by a super strong woman household from my mom and my sister, this is an issue that I am very passionate about. And when I see this, it just angers me. I want the women's national team to do well. I like watching them play because they closely or more closely identify to a Barcelona style. So therefore, I'm going to always root for them. But again, you tell me what is more in line here. Two male coaches that are creating toxic environments, as we saw in Feminine 2021, and this coach, Jorge Vilda, now, or these women coming up with excuses or not be mentally strong enough. I really hope that these women get heard and more importantly that this coach is ousted because again as I said his tactics on a soccer point of view is atrocious. He doesn't want anything and if he's creating this toxic environment gaslighting these women and basically not seeing the situation then I'm sorry like I can't support you. I just can't. So let's see what happens in the coming days. This just came out last night, and I woke up to this this morning, and it's gone pretty much viral around the world. They're playing the U.S. women's national team. The U.S. women's national team could boycott this match to show support. I honestly hope that they do, because then that'll even amplify the voice. And as we've seen with the U.S. women's national team, with the equal pay, that they've had to fight for with the men's and again the men's i mean what a joke today losing to japan i mean i cannot support the men's team uh, they are such not to go off on a quick tangent but they are such teases man ever since 1999 you know 2000 and again i really hope that the women's national team boycott because that'll really really amplify this situation and hopefully Rubiales will take his head out of his ass and realize that you know the women need to be heard as we go from one situation with the women's Spanish national team to another situation with the international break as I joked before at the top of the show that I just came back from my international break the players are on international duty right now and as you know I <laughs> It was funny because I was at dinner last night with my work team and I saw the WhatsApps and I was like, are you kidding me from our WhatsApp group with all these injuries that happened last night? It is concerning. It's very concerning, especially considering the gauntlet of matches we have in October. And we've always said this this summer. This is going to be such a tricky season with the World Cup being in the wintertime because, well, let's take Conde. Conde got hurt last night in the 21st minute basically his hamstring got subbed out and now he's gonna be out for four weeks right so he's gonna be out for four weeks now if you're Kunde, what do you do what do you do 
What gets more preference, Barcelona or your French national team? Are you going to protect yourself to be healthy for the World Cup and maybe miss more matches with Barcelona to be on the safe side? Or do you risk playing for Barcelona and getting hurt and not being available for the World Cup this winter? This is a tricky, tricky situation because we're not talking about a player who's a bench player. We're talking about a player who is becoming very important for Barcelona's defense, especially on the right side. You know, in October, not only do we have Champions Leagues again, Inter Milan, which is going to be tough, but we also have the Clasico. We just have a gauntlet of matches, and he is vital to that. So what do you do? You know, we saw this, you know, back in the day with Umtiti during the summer, deciding surgery in order to win the the World Cup with France, and that paid off. But if you're Conde, you know, you're still young. You're vitally important to the French national team as well. So what do you do? You know, that's going to be a tricky situation to monitor, you know, especially with hamstrings, right? Hamstrings are so delicate, man. If you've had a hamstring injury, that injury plays mental tricks on you because you think you're healthy and then you do your first sprint and you can just feel it. You know, it's it's how much do you want to push it? You know, that's that's the trick. And again, last night in the in the Dutch national team, we saw Frankie Dion go out injured, we saw Memphis get injured, we saw Dembele get you know <laughs> again, anytime you see Dembele getting hurt, you know, the red the, the sirens go off because of his history. So again, we all hate international break because it breaks the rhythm of the national team. And Barcelona have the most international players playing right now. So they have the most to lose, the most opportunities for these players to get hurt. And I know these interna- this, this international break is important because the World Cup is coming, you know, and it's coming fast. You know, after October, these players are going to leave for training camp for their national teams and they're going to head out. And, you know, I love the World Cup, but this is why the World Cup is in the summer. Because during the season, not only is Barcelona handling or juggling Champions League, La Liga, and Copa del Rey, but now they got to juggle the World Cup. You know, the World Cup still has a major, major pull factor for these players. These players are going to take the opportunity to max out essentially during the World Cup. You have to. You don't know how many opportunities you're going to get to play for your national team going forward. Again, we, we will see what happens when all the players come back after next week, but yeah, it's, it's not good with, you know, especially Conde. You know how excited I was for him to really step up his game with Barcelona, and he has been in the last couple of weeks, especially with a couple of assists lately locking down that right side when asked to. And now it's this is a setback. You know, luckily we have the depth to cover it. But again, does Conde come back? Does he become more patient? And what does he do? So again, this international break is always a nightmare. I hate it. And even more now with the World Cup coming, it's just, you know, from a Barcelona perspective, it's super difficult to manage these players now because again these players want to play in the world cup you know it only happens every four years so we'll see what happens again when the players come back and we'll get further testing 
and reporting on the injuries of these players, you know, especially with Memphis and Kunde, because Memphis uh, came out of the match, and that looks a little bit more serious as well. Again, it's interesting because they're all muscular injuries for the most part, and so, again, something to keep an eye out. Let's get into some questions from our Patreon community. First question we have is from Tom. Considering how sporadically Chabi deployed FDJ in preseason and early La Liga games, seemed like he was on board with moving Frankie on. Now FDJ seems to be playing a more similar role. Is he back on the Chavineta now that Bernardo Silva did not come? Again, I think Chabi's doing a really good job of mixing and matching the midfield so far, and it's just going to continue. Now, obviously, Frankie could be out for two weeks, you know, as precautionary. So we'll see. But I definitely think Xavi has brought the love back to Frankie de Young. I mean, we've seen in the last couple of matches, he's coming on as a sub and, and sporadically spot starting as well. So I definitely think he's back on the Xavi Neta. So we'll see how much more minutes he gets. And especially with Bernardo Silva not coming, that definitely alleviated the pressure. But, you know, I saw an interview with him and he said nothing's changed in the locker room for him. It, he said it's mostly you know, quote-unquote, the outside noise that's happening. So, again, we will see uh, how Chavi uses Frankie de Jong and how many more minutes he gets. You know, how many, again, we always judge it by how many starts he gets, right? Because, you know, when you still want to be the starter. But, again, he's still getting into almost every match, and I still think that's vital to keep him focused and to keep him plugged in. And as long as Chavi is communicating you know, what he has in line for him, then I think Frankie de Jong should be fine. And again, I don't mind him coming in the second half and pushing the tempo if we need to, because he can't do that in spot starting. Obviously, we would love to see him take hold and be, become a starter, but, you know, again, we will see, especially with these injuries that are coming up, and he's injured himself, so we'll, we'll see in these next nine matches in October. The next question we have is from Leroy... Do you agree with Xavi's decision to effectively bench Alba PK to start the season? Yes, I do agree. I love it. I love it. I love seeing Alba pout. I don't know. I don't know about you. Again, I love Alba, prime Alba, right? You know, he was good. He had a great connection with Messi. You know, he was productive. He did very well. He's won everything for Barcelona. Just lately, right? In the last two seasons, you've heard me gripe about his defense and his lack of awareness on defense. And I'm glad that he's become accountable, that Chavi's accounting on him, basically, and benching him. And, I mean, you tell me now you're more excited to see Balde start because at least you see the enthusiasm on the field and also, more importantly, that the counters aren't as exploited on that left side anymore as much. So I'm definitely happier to see Alba. I mean, Alba needs to spot start because... Balde still young, so we'll see if Alba gets any more opportunities. But again, as they say, the film don't lie, and I imagine, you know, during film session, Chavi might be pointing out his faults, and Alba hasn't been picked on like this in a while. You know, he's been completely safe the last three seasons and the last coaches, last managers, and so I'm happy. You know, with the PK situation. You know, he, I think he sees the writing on the wall. Obviously, there was a rumor this week about a dust-up between him and Xavi. And I just think PK, you know, he'll be good to spot start, you know. 
And then he, again, he still has the ability to defend and pass out of the back as we need it. But again, I trust Araujo and Conde now more because of their speed. And that's always going to be the issue right now, especially with PK, you know, old. He's old now. And I'm curious to see if this is his final season, if he kind of sees the right on the wall to move on. So that'll be interesting to see if he takes the the reign as Busquets and announces that he's going to move on because, you know, PK, I think, has only played two, started like one match and has played sparingly. And, you know, I think Xavi has been transparent with that. And I applaud Xavi to do that because these are his boys. You know, he, he's gone through the trenches with them. So, so I applaud Xavi for being the coach, the manager, and taking the decisions like that, the hard decisions, and not using all the Vaca Sagradas. The last question we have is from Carlos R. Thoughts on who's been the best signing so far and who's been the most disappointing to date? Obviously, Lewandowski's been the best signing. I mean, having the conversion factor up there, the work rate that he does. But let's take away Lewandowski. I would say the best signing so far for me has been Conde because I love what he provides. And also just just seeing the future of him at Barca really, really excites me. So I think he's the second best signing. You know, obviously, some people might argue Rapinha because he's been really exciting as well. But, you know, again, I think uh, I think Kunde is going to be such a powerhouse with Arahu in the center. I just think that is something that's going to take our team to the next level in the future. You know, I think with the wingers, as we've seen, obviously, Rapinha is doing well. But we've been able to get victories with Dembele starting on the right side and Rapinha not. So again, I just I'm just more excited about Kunde. I guess it's your preference. If you like seeing the attack, then obviously you'll probably choose Rapinha as the best signing other than Lewandowski. But for me, it's it's definitely Kunde. I just love watching him play. I just think he's such a just such a specimen, man. He's just the things that he can do out there is just it's crazy. And it's awesome that we have him. And again, as I just look to the future for the next five seasons with him and Rahu, that really excites me as part of the battery for the future. The most disappointing? I don't know if there's anyone disappointing so far. I mean, I think I've been pretty happy with, with the signings. You know, I would say I still can't believe that Eric Garcia is getting all this hype. Uh, again, he's not a free agent, but, you know, people are are hyping him up as he's like this new converted defender that's been so awesome i mean he's been fine i'm curious to see how he does against more consistent high caliber talent you know i'd rather see him play almost a midfield role because i think he has the tenacity to play really good defense in the midfield and not having been not having him liable as the last line of defense you know i think is something that where he can succeed at but maybe we might see that next season but who knows I've been really happy with the performance of the team. Again, I would say there has to be something tactically or strategically that changes the season to kind of maybe see the next evolution. Because as we saw in the LCA match, you know, we had the possession and we scored the goals, but I just feel like we still are pushing always the same type of strategy. And I kind of want to see more just verticality and more quickness up the up the gut you know especially on the counters and again these are really small gripes because the team is you know still 
almost maximizing points in La Liga. But again, you know, my feelings on Champions League. Xavi has a losing record in Champions League right now, so just be aware of that. You know, I, I want it all. I'm a greedy sports fan. Remember that. Not only a football snob, but a greedy one. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we'll we'll see uh, the following week because again, no Barca this weekend. The next match is next Saturday at Mallorca. So we have to wait another week to see Barca play. Anyway, that's the show for today. Thanks for joining me. Our next episode will be next Friday. We'll have another episode of the Barca Talk Cafe. Everyone have a good weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.